It's a pleasure and an honor to be here with you today when Brayland, or I'll, I usually call you Alex, uh, came to me at the Newman Center at the beginning of this past year's first semester. He came to me and he t- began to tell me about his journey and what it took him uh, to get here. Um, and I didn't even know he was engaged yet, but he t- was talking about this girl named Erica and how they've known each other for a long time and they, they became really good friends. But they became uh, really fixated on what is true. Why are we here? What's the purpose of life? And they began to look at deep, deep questions at a very young age. And during the pandemic, um, Alex told me that he began to um, really question if I was going to die, would I want to marry Erica? And clearly the answer is yes. So he, they got engaged. And I think for a lot of us, if we haven't contemplated our own death in the past year and a half of the pandemic, I don't know what planet you're living on. You might be living in la-la land, and that, that's, the, that's the benefit of, of being here because we get to see life in the midst of a world that seems to be fixated on death. And the interesting thing about uh, the Christian faith and the Catholic Christian faith is if we are converted, if we have heard the good news and we've accepted the good news and we've surrendered to the good news of Jesus Christ and his gospel, there's no fear of death because he conquered it on the cross. And that is what he purchased, and he purchased death, and he even resurrected from the dead to say, you don't need to live in fear anymore. So the beautiful thing about this is that he, we get to experience that life through the sacraments of the Catholic faith. And we hear about God's desire for all eternity for each of us, and God's desire for each eternity, his desire for us, is that we never be separated from him. His desire for all eternity is that you and I are never separated from him. So from the beginning, in the book of Genesis, we hear about God's original plan. And when he created things, he said, this is good, and that's good, and this is good, and that's good. But when he saw you and me, when he saw humanity, he said, very good, right? And when Eve began to listen to the serpent, and she began to hear these doubts that God is not good, God does not want you to be happy, and you can't trust him, that's when original sin entered, and we see the side effects of that, and that's what inspired the Father to send his Son to save us, to come to us, to meet us in our darkest moments. And not one sin repulses Jesus. That's why Jesus conquered sin and death on the cross, and he showed you how ugly sin is. But the one who remained faithful at the foot of the cross is the Blessed Virgin Mary. When things are difficult, we have a mother. And Jesus also wants to share his mother with us, Hence, we are at St. Mary's Catholic Church. And we know that Mary, her yes, undid the no of Eve in that garden that brought all that nastiness in. She, brought, she gave flesh to Jesus, God. She gave flesh to God. And for the first time ever in her womb, God began to love you and me for the first time ever with a human heart. For the first time ever. And he walked our walk, and he talked our talk, and he went through everything you and I went through, diapers to the cross, you know, and he, went, and he was risen. And he, he went through everything you and I went through to show the Father's love. He healed, he redeemed, and that message is the most compelling message out of anything. And Alex and Erica began to, to search, is there's 60,000 different denominations, there's Hinduism, there's Buddhism, what is true? Because no matter what, you and I are made for the truth. Even apart from our feelings, and our culture seems to be inundated with how I feel, that's what's true. But for the Christian, truth is a person. 
and he reinstates his original intention to never be separated from you. And this is what Erica and Alex are going to be invited, are going to be inviting to in a moment here, is to be wedded to God, to be one with God. So for the Christian, there it takes three to get married, not two. Because they know that they need God to hold them together, to be with them in, the, in those difficult moments. And we hear about that in our readings today, and, and these are the re- I can't go through everything and probably taking about eight hours to do because these readings are so powerful. Um, but we hear St. Paul say today, make your requests known to God. I'm just going to guess, I've never asked you both personally, but I'm guessing you've asked the question, is he or she the one, right? And then you ask yourself, is the Catholic Church the true church of Jesus Christ? And was it easy? No. Um, but when you make your request known to God, if you even want to know God, do you love me? He wants to hear that from you. Just like any, ch- any parent would want to hear from their child, no matter what they say, they want to hear their voice, they want to hear it, because he wants to know your desires. To make your request known to God, and it says the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. So the peace of God is, is unlike anything you can imagine. It'll guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? That means... God, who originally wanted to be with you for all eternity, his peace is unlike anything. Nothing compares to it. As soon as we start comparing the peace of God to anything, it's no longer the peace of God. And it'll guard our hearts. Our hearts are the place where we encounter God, but also where our emotions are, right? And he says our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That means that Jesus wants to guard our hearts with the truth. Because as soon as your emotions and my emotions are stirred with fear, with anxiety, with loneliness, with despair, with lust, he says, call upon me in those moments of despair. So then you may know whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, that's what we're called to strive for is excellence, If there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And that's very difficult because if we inundate ourselves with the media, we don't think about what's true. We don't think about what's honorable. We don't think about what is just and pure. It's all fear. It's all meant to attack your emotions. And we need the truth in the midst of trials and tribulations. Also a part of today is that Erica and Alex picked the most difficult gospel ever to exist to mankind. So thank you for giving me that task to preach on that. Jesus wants you to be joyful. That's beyond happiness. Happiness and sadness are emotions, right? Joyful is a state of being, of knowing that he's got you. Jesus said, said, if you keep my commandments, right? So you've entered in this relationship. You've known my original intention. You've studied it. You've struggled with it. You've wrestled with it, so to speak. But if you found it to be true, if you do that, you're going to remain in his love, which his love is unlike anything. Sacrificial love, right? And, he's, and, and then he says something that I think a lot of us miss. He says, as the Father loves me, the Father who is cr- the creator, right? The first person in Trinity. He says, as the Father loves me, so also I love you. That means Jesus loves you as much as the Father loves you. So much that if you were the only person on earth... He would have sent his only son to die for you, to save you, to keep you in relationship with him. That's how much you are loved. Your worth, my worth, Erica and Alex's worth is God. 
That's the peace, that's the joy, that's the hope that the Christian ought to have. And why does he tell us this? Because he, wants, he says, I have told you this, that your jo- my joy might be in you. He doesn't want it to be around you. He wants it to like move from your head to your heart and so that your joy might be complete. And then this is where the gospel gets difficult. So he says, and this is my commandment, that you love one another, one another just as I love you. And that's where we should pump the brakes and be like, well, I don't know if I want to go that far. Because that means I have to be willing to die for you. Because Jesus died for each of us. That sacrificial love, that love when you see it, it inspires you to go on the rescue mission to help rescue others. So Erica and Alex, as you enter into your marriage, you are entering into a battlefield. And the battlefield that we celebrate today in the Catholic Church is the battlefield that one of our our saints that we celebrate today died on 80 years ago today, which is known as Auschwitz, right? St. Maximilian Kolbe, he was born in in the late 1800s, and he was terrified by one question as he was growing up in Poland because he was a little bit of a rebel rouser, right? He had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, like a lot of us sometimes. And as he was growing up, his parents just said, what will become of you? What will become of you? And it terrified him. It terrified him. So much to the point that he actually began to dream about this question. What's going to become of me? Am I going to go to hell? Am I going to heaven? Am I going to bring light or bring darkness into this world? And in one evening that, that he had a dream and the Blessed Mother Mary appeared to him and she came to him with two crowns. One crown was red for martyrdom. Will you die for my son? Will you die for his church? And one crown was white for, the, for purity. And she says, choose one. His name is Maximilian, as he became a, a Franciscan friar. And he, at a young age, he said, I'll choose both. He chose both. And he would later go on to become a Franciscan. And he, he decided he wanted to become a priest. He felt God calling to be his priest. And he went to Rome for five years, and he struggled with his health, right? He struggled with health, which was tuberculosis, which was going around like crazy. And he began to really envelop a deeper relationship with the Blessed Mother so she could know Jesus more. And I think a lot of us think, if I'm going to become a Christian, I don't know if I want to go to Mary because she might take away from Jesus, but all she does is magnify his presence. Everything she does points to Jesus. And as he got ordained a priest, he went back and he began to envelop men and teach men about the Immaculata, the Immaculate One, the one that God created, the most perfect creature to ever exist. God created her, and he wanted everybody to know her and to fight for her and be a knight. But then, as he went sick to Japan, he began to show people about Mary through media because he knew that there were lies that were being spread not that we ever see lies in the media today, right? We do. And as, as he was there, he, he began to grow a beard because he wanted to grow and look wise because in the Japanese culture, you gain respect by looking like them. And he also wanted people to know the wisdom of God. He would later go back to Poland and shortly after he was there, he was getting men excited about Mary and excited about Jesus. There was this awful, awful choice that a man made previous to this named Adolf Hitler, who decided to go to war and started World War II. 
and he wanted to destroy every person who, who claimed to believe in God, especially Jewish people and also Catholic priests. He would go into the place where Father Kolbe was, Father Maximin Kolbe was, and would take him away. And people said that when they were around Father Kolbe in a concentration camp in Auschwitz where everything is dire, they said he was a light to them. When they were around them, they knew that Jesus loved them. And he would be given less food than anybody else, and he would still break off his food for others. Just like Jesus gives his body to us in the Holy Eucharist. And then there came a day when one person escaped from the Auschwitz concentration camp. And to intimidate people, what the Nazi soldiers would do is they would say, all right, ten of you are going to go into the starvation bunker, and if one of you tries to leave again, ten more will go. Intimidation. And one man who was chosen, his name was Francis, and he had children, he had a wife. And at that moment, the gospel came alive to people in the middle of hell. Where we're here, love one another as I have loved you. One, one, love one another as I love you. Father Colby stepped forward and said, I'll take his place, I'm a Catholic priest. And all of the, the, the guards, all the soldiers, dropped their jaw at this sacrificial love, and he went forward to sacrifice so a man who's married and had children could go back to their family. And they went into a starvation bunker, and they said it was like a cathedral in there. In the middle of hell, here is Father Colbe. They're all men in there, and they're all naked to be embarrassed, and they're giving such, such small amounts of food, and they're singing hymns to know that heaven awaits them. And Father Colbe would minister to these men, and he was the last one to live, and it wasn't until they poisoned him with carbolic acid, and he would later die. And he's known as the patron saint of charity, martyr of charity, and he died. What does that teach us? What does that have to do with a wedding? What does that have to do with everything going on here? St. Maximilian Colby teaches us, and he teaches Brayland and, or Alex, right, uh, and Erica, to never sacrifice short-term peace for long-term regret. Never sacrifice short-term peace for long-term regret. And it's not an accident that you're getting married on August 14th in 2021, right? This is him wanting to be a part of your marriage to teach you how to fight valiantly when our world needs light, right? And the pressure isn't on you. The pressure is on Jesus, right? And we have the opportunity today to show everyone here it's about Jesus. Erica and Alex told me, we just want people to know about Jesus. It's not about us. We went into a beautiful church so people would know that they're beautiful too. So they could know about this loving Jesus, the only one who can satisfy the ache in our hearts. And anytime you turn to anything but Jesus, it's not going to make you happy. Hence why we see so many depressed people, people who are suicidal, people who hate themselves because they don't know the love of Jesus. But the message of Jesus is lived on in the saints. But we have saints in this church. And those who desire to be saints are here because they want you to know Jesus. And their marriage is meant to be a foreshadowing of heaven. And the question is, how do we do that? How are Alex and Erica going to do that? Here's my homily. This is the point of it. You get one thing. I know you got lots of plans in your head, things going around. 
But it's just this. Stop, pray, and start over. If you can do those three things, I believe you'll be happy. You'll have the joy that Jesus desires. So you can tell God your requests, make them known. And that's the opposite of the world. What does the world say? Go, run away, right? Don't pray and quit. That is not the life of the gospel. It's not the life of the Holy Spirit breathing in. So when you're having times of difficulty, times of struggle, because they're going to come, because the devil doesn't want you both together, the first thing you want to do is stop. Deep breath, right? Pray. What I encourage you to pray is to call upon the holy and sacred name of Jesus. Philippians chapter 2 teaches us that at the name of Jesus, every knee above the heavens, below the heavens on earth, will bend. That means demons scatter at the name of Jesus. Demons of fear, demons of loneliness, demons of, demons of despair. So just calling upon the name of Jesus, just saying the name of Jesus, or as we've done at the Newman Center, singing the name of Jesus to the tune of Amazing Grace, right? And then start over. Reconcile, right? Stop, pray, and start over. This is not my homily. I stole it from somebody else, just like I stole the gospel today. I stole the words. We don't have to be creative. The Lord is so creative for us, and he teaches us how to follow him. But our God is so loving, and his love is so simple. Could it be that simple that all we have to do is call upon the name of Jesus? And that is the fire that came out of the heart of Mary to give flesh to God and Jesus, and his name saves, which means it keeps us safe. So we're called to stop, to pray, and start over. But we also have to practice what we preach because our world has seen enough hypocrites, right? So what I'd like us to do is just sing the name of Jesus to the tune of Amazing Grace. This is something that we've done at the Newman Center over. But sometimes before Mass, I can just feel the anxiety of the students. I can feel the darkness. I can feel the tension. And it just goes out the room as soon as we start calling upon the name of Jesus. So we're just going to stop right now. I'm just going to pray and start over. And maybe you realize why God brought you here right now. Because he loves you. And his, his angels, his saints, the life of St. Max and Coley, they teach us about that sacrificial love that, that sets our hearts on fire. It's not just a start over for, um, for myself or a start over for Brayland and Erica. It's a start over for all of us. And if we walk with the name of Jesus before us, demons will fall. And all we have to do is stop, pray, and start over. Instead of running away, quitting, right? So we will do that right now. If you please join me by praying one verse of amazing grace with the word Jesus. And you'll pick it up quickly as we pray. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus.